Three years in the making, this. Uh, what's the difference between it and the Pfizer shot we've been using till now? Yeah, so our um, vaccine is a protein subunit vaccine. So it requires uh, just the harmless proteins from the spike protein, which is the, that distinctive spike around the around the virus. Um, those spike proteins are recognised by the immune system and the immune system mounts a response to it, so it protects you from exposure to the virus in the future. All right, but, a, bit, a bit complex and techy, but it sounds to me more like the traditional vaccines we know. That's might this, right. Might this appeal to people who've been suspicious about mRNA technology? Could very well do, yes. Can I have this as a booster if I've had the Pfizer shot? Yes, you can. So this, um, there's actually a mounting amount of data to show that you're getting better immune responses and better protection against COVID if you're using a different type of um, platform. So if you've had the Pfizer uh, vaccine in the first instance and then you follow it up with a vaccine of a different type such as this one, um, there's evidence that that provides a better immune response and protection. Has the opportunity perhaps passed? I mean, people who wanted jabs have had them. Do we actually need a new vaccine now? Well, I think there's going to be continuing variants of COVID continue to emerge, and the vaccine protection that we've had thus far has has been shown to wane, so that over time you get less and less protection from it. So I think there's going to be, you know, ongoing need for vaccine protection against the virus particularly as new virus variants emerge. And the other thing too would be that there are some groups of the population that are more susceptible to the virus, particularly the bad effects of the virus. So vaccinating those vulnerable populations on an ongoing basis is going to be important. So what needs to happen now before my GP can actually have access to this new vaccine? And how long is all that going to take? Yeah, still quite a lot to go. Um, there's extensive, extensive testing required to get it into humans. So at the moment we're um, in the preclinical development phase. We are very, very far advanced in that testing. We're testing at safety right now and that is looking really good. Um, so there's a bit more further work there to go. And then we're aiming to be into human clinical trials uh, this year, so probably in about May to June of this year, we'll be aiming to hit the clinic. And then you've got MedSafe and all of that process to get through? Correct, yeah, so that we have to go through all of that process before we can start testing in humans. So realistically, how long are we talking? Um, before your GP could give it, it's really probably going to be you know years more. Um, of development because all of the clinical work in the in humans takes quite some time to be sure that it's really really safe and effective. Thanks so much, at the uh, Maligan Institute Executive Director of the Vaccine Alliance. There, Keston Wig. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet, but if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to the Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy, you've got a girl, get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl, you get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a shit ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clint and Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.